0: Welcome to the OOO Ozempic and Semaglutide Podcast. Get ready to hear from best selling healthcare author Dr. Josh Luke as he facilitates a discussion on healthy weight loss and living healthy. And now, here's your host, Dr. Josh Luke. Hey folks, welcome to part two. If you didn't listen to part one with my guest Maggie Irby, she's like a one. She's my hero, a 16-year-old young lady uh, crushing life in Missouri as a high school cheerleader. She's dropped a hundred pounds in the last five years. She's got a few more that she wants to get off, but just her perspective on life, being a girl dad, uh, her perspective on life is awesome. Maggie, welcome back to the show, and Mom Erica, welcome back to the show. Thank
1: Hi, you. thank you for having us.
0: I know Brett, dad, Brett's hiding to the side over there. You're going to show Brett, let him wave to us. Uh, I'll start by, um, hey, Brett, I, I want to compliment you. Again, being a girl, dad, uh, one of the things the article said is at, at a football game, after Maggie had started to drop a lot of this weight and, and people can't help themselves trying to compliment and say something nice, somebody comes up to you and says, uh, wow, Maggie looks so pretty. And And your response was what? I thought she's always been pretty. That's right. And that's a great girl, Dad, because that's the truth inside and out. And, and that's the way it should be. I know with my daughter, who's now um, just about to her 21st birthday, the one thing I've always said to her is we're going to raise a strong and independent young lady. That's the only rule we have. If you can do that. And even as early as junior high, we said, hey, and this is where my Taylor Swift connection to my daughter came in. <laughs> um, we're going to shake it off. And I literally would do the shake it off. If you have a bad day, because I told her, you know, girls are going to be way tougher than guys. And that's what we're going to talk about on this episode. Um, but if you got one night, when you wake up the next morning, you're going to shake it off and it's a new day. And my daughter's been pretty awesome in that regard. And I'm very proud that we've raised a strong and independent young woman that doesn't need anybody but herself to be successful. And I see that same thing in your daughter. So congratulations. You're a good father. All right. So let's go back to Maggie now and talk about that. So, wow, um, before really, as you're going into middle school, you start dropping all this weight and. Did you keep it a secret from, okay, just to set the table, if you haven't listened to part one of the show, at age 13, uh, Maggie got put on a a GLP-1 agonist, a form of semaglutide or ozempic called Victoza. Uh, Her parents were able to access it at a more affordable rate uh, because of a pharmacy program uh, there in their, their town in Missouri. And so Maggie started dropping some weight and then also had gastric bypass surgery and over the course of the next couple of years lost about a hundred pounds, but at some point in there, you tried out for cheerleading as well. So let's, let's answer the first question. Did you guys keep it a secret at first or was it kind of out there? Cause you guys were doing this since you were in elementary school, going to clinics and stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the surgery was never a secret. Um, And really, it was never our intention for the medicine, the GLP-1 agonist. That was never our intention for that to be a secret either, but it kind of has turned out that way, which is weird. Um, The reason why Maggie was originally prescribed the Victosa was because she did have fatty liver disease. And before she had surgery, they wanted her to lose just a little bit of weight, a a little bit of extra weight so that the surgery would go easier because her liver would not be enlarged. Okay. Um, So that was the original plan. Also the original plan was that she would stop taking it once she had had the surgery, but once she had the surgery and we did their follow-up appointments, we noticed uh, her doctors noticed that she really wasn't losing weight at the rate that they expected to see. And so we did a double whammy of the surgery plus the Victosa. Mm -hmm. And that was ultimately because even though her stomach was small and she couldn't eat as much, she still wanted to. And so she would eat and she would get sick. Um, You know, she had that, what do they call it dumping syndrome or whatever it is that people get after they have gastric bypass surgery or gastric sleeve surgery in this case, which is um, from what I understand a, a safer alternative, especially for youth because it can be, um, altered, I think. Um, anyway, um, so then they put her back on the Ozempic and, and that's what I have really loved about her doctors is that are not Ozempic. I'm sorry. I keep saying that, but I mean, Victosa, um, that's what I've always really loved about her doctors is they have said from the get-go, like, you know, this is something that you're going to be dealing with for your whole life. And with the strategy, She works for you now is not necessarily the strategy that's going to work for you forever. And so, you know, when you ask whether or not she's going to be on the medicine for the long haul, we really don't know that. She will continue with these doctors until she's 18. Um, When she ages out of the children's clinic, then she can go to an adult clinic. We already have a doctor lined up. You know, these are decisions that she will make with her healthcare provider the rest of her life. And it may or may not include a medicine. But for right now, that is really working for her
0: such a such a cool story and how um did you start cheerleading after you started to shed the pounds or was that something you were already doing
2: um i started well i did it in middle school and i didn't i didn't like it because i didn't like how big i was and how the uniform fit so then i quit and so then i when i lost the weight i did it uh sophomore year i tried out for cheer and i made the team and so i'm going to do it junior year too
0: that uh, is so great. So and and did I do it? Did I make this up in my head? You can tell I'm kind of a dance and cheer dad. But were you kind of defaulted to being a bass when you were in middle school because of your weight? Did I make that up in my head?
2: No, that's pretty much how it is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Are you still doing the bass?
2: Yeah, it's either okay. it's either base or backspot. You switch between.
0: Okay, but you guys do comp and sideline. at yeah. your your high school cheer, right? Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's competition for you non-cheer parents and uh, Friday night sidelines. So, so hey, folks, if you didn't yet um, download episode one or part one of this interview, you need to because it was probably the most compelling interview we've done so far on this podcast. Uh, I I met these two uh, wonderful young ladies by reading an article on thecut.com, C-U-T.com by Lisa Miller that appeared in December of 2023 titled An American Girlhood in the Ozempic era, adults are divided about giving children new drugs for weight loss at thirteen. Maggie Irby decided to take them, and she's such a brave young lady. She's sophomore in high school now, sixteen years old, and uh, she's—you heard she's made the cheerleading team. She's living her dream. Uh, probably um, something that that may not have been possible had she not been on this journey. And and some of the things that we all know exist, but you may not know how formal they are is there's something out there called the fat acceptance movement uh and uh, in the article it said their their is to stop conflating larger bodies with illness and still very controversial but um maggie and her parents have been active with the obesity action coalition i want to talk to you about that and then also get into some of the positive research that's been coming out from the american academy of pediatrics and their recommendation they're now recommending from what I understand, the exact process that you went through. So can you talk about how you got exposed to the Obesity Action Coalition?
1: Yeah. So, um, of course, we've been um, dealing with the clinic in um, Kansas City, the Children's Mercy Clinic in Kansas City. And um, we actually just got an email one summer from Maggie's doctor, Dr. Brooke Sweeney, who is amazing, And um, she said, hey, I've been contacted by the Obesity Action Coalition to invite uh, one of my patients to attend a conference in Florida. And um, would you guys be interested in in going? And anybody who knows Maggie knows that she likes to go, 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 go all the time. She's super social, super active, always has been. And so I said, yes, honestly, not having any idea what I was getting into, but it was life changing. It was a life changing weekend. That's
0: a, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And you know, I'll do a little uh, plug for you here, uh Maggie. I'm not sure how entrepreneurial you are. It's probably too early to start thinking a lot about that. But um, I, I'm a public speaker by trade. I travel the country and go to events, and you know, it requires some stage presence and and you know, being comfortable on a stage, which apparently a lot of people are afraid of, but. You have a real opportunity as you graduate high school, if it's something that interests you, uh, you could really travel the country and speak. I'm just right off the top. I'm thinking even sororities would hire you and college campuses would hire you to come talk about your journey, not just because you're successful and you look great, uh, but because it's got all these other things we're talking about. It's controversial. It's got social impact. It's medical um but for you to just take it on and say look these are decisions I made I'm confident with it you'd have a you'd have a great story to tell and you'd be um somebody that that really could attract a lot of interest and you can make put yourself through college if that's something that's of interest to you so we can talk about that later that's just me and my (laughs) entrepreneurial mind um I do want to get into um let's talk about that first event you went to was it awkward I mean yeah i'll be a little more blunt than i've tried to be with my language here was it was it awkward being the 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 fat girl that's not fat anymore at these events you know what i mean like that that's how people are treating you right because that's kind of what your parents were saying in the the comments they get is the overweight girl is not overweight anymore and they're like oh she's always been beautiful but how did it was that awkward at first is it still awkward
2: well i mean i i feel like they more like were like just asking me like because like there's like teens that were there too So, like, they invited other teens from, like, different places, like, because, like, their their doctors invited them. So, there's, like, seven other teens there. So, like, and they were going to get – surgery. some of them were going to get surgery, too. Like, some other teens that I know just got the surgery that I got. So, like, they were asking me questions about it and if they should get it. So, like, it was actually beneficial for me to have got it before them because then they could ask me about my – like, how it helped me and ask me what it's like and, like, tell them, like – tips and I don't know I thought I thought it was pretty cool how they asked me even though like I'm younger than them they were all older like was older it's like older guys (laughs) It was kind of weird yeah yeah she hated that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's cool hey let's talk about the social impact so so you were 13 in in an eighth grade is that right when you started dropping the weight when you started the injections or the seventh grade
1: it was eighth. It was October of eighth grade that you had surgery. So it would have been. Yeah. So okay. the beginning. No, it would have been like the beginning of eighth grade, okay. like in the summer, sometime between seventh and eighth grade that she started injections. Yes. OK,
0: so by Christmas of your eighth grade year, people are going, hey, what's going on with you? Are you sick? Are you you're dropping weight? You're starting to get comfortable, but uncomfortable comments. Right. So tell us about that.
2: Well, I feel like also I wore like the back, I wore like oversized, oversized shirts. No one really knew until like summertime when I had the surgery, like and I was wearing swimsuits. Like if I was wearing like bathing suits, then you could really tell because you know what I mean? Like you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't really tell unless I was wearing a bathing suit because I wore baggy yeah. clothes.
0: So did your, did, your, did your wardrobe start to change as a result? No more baggy clothes?
2: I mean, during this, during the summer, it changed, but like now I, during this, during the winter, I wear baggy clothes. Cause I mean, it's comfortable Yeah,
0: and, it, I know.
2: and I it's know. warm, but like, yeah, yeah, I think during the summertime, it changes. The, something to keep in mind too, is that with,
1: you know, with big weight loss comes um, extra skin. And yeah. so she's still not, you know, completely comfortable in wearing, you know, she's not going to wear a crop top, um, There's just certain things that are on the market right now that uh, her friends wear that she's still not comfortable wearing. They just don't fit her the same as they fit other kids, and she's...
0: Yeah, that's okay, though. So do you have plans ultimately to address those kind of um, excess skin that exists when you lose weight, or is it something you just don't care about and you're comfortable with?
2: We're trying to get an appointment for doing it this summer. Yeah, We have an an appointment on the 29th of February. Yeah, actually, that's something
1: um, that we are kind of in the process of right now. And, you know, if you thought getting gastric sleeve surgery was difficult, um, getting that approved through insurance, boy, try anything cosmetic. That is definitely not something that insurance companies want to cover. And I mean, I get that, but. But yeah, we're kind of in the process of that right now. Talking about it, thinking about it, looking into it.
0: Okay. Okay, so let's talk about the first time one of your elementary slash middle school friends, you noticed something was changing, they were treating you differently. Was it an actual, you had a conversation with somebody that went south? Or was it just, hey, mom, like, Susie isn't calling me anymore like or texting me or or when did it when did you start to realize your friends were maybe treating you a little differently because you were doing this massive weight loss and your appearance was different
1: I feel like it was bogey the whole it started the summer between her eighth grade year and her freshman year that was a rough summer there were a lot of tears a lot of you know, and some of that was just anxiety about starting high school. And I, I totally get that because prior to that, she had been at a small Catholic school. And so she was getting ready to definitely start a new adventure. Um, yeah. But there were a lot of tears about who am I going to hang out with? I really don't have any friends anymore.
0: And there was, uh, no cheer, what- there was no cheer your freshman year. So you weren't going to the school during the summer. That's a big deal, too, regardless yeah. of if you're on a weight loss journey. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would imagine. And then you show up at high school, and you know a handful of kids, but not a lot, right? Is that how it went? Yeah. So how was it? Was it like the first week? You're like, it's okay, mom, I'm liking it, or was it still like, oh man, this is rough?
2: It was just a little awkward.
0: Yeah. I
2: mean, it it wasn't like it was bad. It was just awkward. And then I feel like once I tried out for cheer, it was like February, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh. That's when everything started going uphill, I think, because that's when, like, I don't know, like, I feel like once I tried, once I tried out for cheer, and I made the cheer team, like, all the older girls, pretty much, the older girls, I like the older girls were my friends from the beginning, like, since I came to high school, like, since I came to high school, yeah, my freshman year, whenever the we call them, what can I say? it? Can I say it? Okay, we call them my bitchy friends. So since (laughs) since since they left, like my the older girls like invited me to parties and stuff, and then the other girls started getting jealous, and then they wanted to come back so that they could go to the parties too.
0: So interesting. I did read about that, and so so some of your friends that were doing the silly, stupid middle school girl, let's freeze her out stuff whether it was because of your weight loss and you might be prettier than, you know, than them or whatever, all the normal stuff. Yeah. Um, so you actually were getting some acceptance and some doors open because, um, but before cheer, it sounds like, and do you yeah. attribute some of that to you uh, girls being like, Hey, she's kind of cute. Let's hang out with her. Or, or was that just something different that that um, led to you being, you know, an attractive friend to older girls? I don't know yeah but then <laughs> but then so cheerleading really opened that door once you're on the team you have this new group you're part of you're spending time with them every day
2: yeah and I was um, like the only sophomore too like I was the only younger girl because the other two freshmen quit the cheer team so I was like the only younger girl and then I was all older girls on the cheer team so I really had oh that's cool the older girls yeah to hang out with
0: Good for you. And and so let's ask the, the question everybody's dying to know. Um, the attention from the boys, was it different? And when did you start getting attention from boys who may not have paid attention to you when you were younger? Did
2: you think it was different? <laughs> I cannot. Maybe we should ask one.
0: dad this question. Dads have a keen <laughs> sense of when that's going on, right?
2: Uh, so. so
1: most of the attention from boys, I would say, has come from social media. Not so much like local, you know, like a boy from a school 30 miles away or, you know, I don't know. Small towns are so weird. It kind of feels like you're dating your brother, you know. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of girls and boys that date outside of town. And I would say that that has been true for Maggie as well, that yeah. Suddenly, it seemed like overnight there were like six boys on social media that she was talking to. Yeah, and that was definitely—I'm still having a hard time with that. <laughs> uh, my kids
0: have my kids have told me that dad is just different nowadays because social media makes you realize there's just not that many hot people at your school.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. So whether that's true or not. Apparently that's the perception. My daughter dated a boy from three hours away for like two years. So, um, so perfect. I, I perfect. get that. Hey, tell <laughs> us about tell us about just in general, like uh, some friends that that drifted away, and you say now that now they've come back. Most of them or all of them,
2: pretty much okay. all of them, yeah.
0: Okay. And has has your your weight loss been a topic with them, or is that just something that doesn't come up?
2: I don't. It doesn't really come up at all. Like I feel like it's more like a now that you're fixed type thing. Like she's skinny now. We can hang out with her like
0: yeah. type deal. Yeah. But, but the nice thing for you is you you've lived on both sides of that wall. Right. And so mm-hmm. um, tell me one of the, I think cool moments of the article is that once in a while, a girl will sneak up to you and kind of say, Hey, can, can I get the number for, for the doctor or, or tell me how that makes you feel. And can you share an experience that, of where that happened?
2: Well, they don't it's like it's weird cuz they don't really ask me like they don't ask in person they more like text it like yeah cuz it's like they're embarrassed about it. Sure. Like they cuz they private message me or they they don't ask in person or, or like if I see them in person they don't really talk about it they like they like to text about it.
0: Yeah.
2: Which I mean I guess I I guess I understand but like also they don't like to talk about it in person. Which yeah. I think is a little bit weird but so but do you not
1: people- the confidence that you have i mean yeah some of those girls are are in a very different place than than you sure. were and they don't have you know maybe a parent to support them or true sure.
0: well and for a lot of people maggie you've probably started to observe this because you're so keen and focused in this area but for a lot of people they didn't grow up with obesity challenges it, it, after puberty. And, and when they get to college and high school, and I'm sure you've seen girls that are starting to add weight now that have always been skinny. And so Ooh. it's a lifelong battle for, for lots of different reasons. So I just think the story is so cool. And I'm, I think um, it's just going to serve you well for the long term as a young lady, as you grow into adulthood, that you've been through this and you've had parents that have helped you understand the the entirety and complexity of the situation because it does hit you like a a Mack truck in middle school. And we had a similar situation with one of our kids where we knew something would would come up eventually. And all of a sudden it would matter to them when it it hadn't mattered to them. And uh, having engaged parents is a really cool thing. Is there any other stories you can share just about this process before we wrap up that you would want people to know under the age of 15 that want to go on this journey, whether it has to do with the injections or just, um, you know, what they should think about and consider?
1: You know, something that you mentioned, the body positivity movement, um, that's not something that we were really aware of before we started working on the article for New York Magazine with or The Cut with Lisa Miller. Um, we had never heard of that before. Um, that was something very new to us. And I just want to say that, you know, if, if you're comfortable in the skin that you're in, that's, that's great. And I, I wouldn't encourage anybody to do anything differently if, if they're happy and they're healthy. Um, but for someone who is searching, I think it's so, so important to get a healthcare team. Um, to get to work with somebody like an endocrinology or obesity clinic because there's a lot of different things out there now and everybody is different that's the one thing I really took away from that obesity action coalition um, conference was that everybody Really, you know, so for years, people said, oh, calories in, calories out. And that's not the whole story with metabolism and weight loss. And the human brain and the connection between the brain and the stomach are so complex and complicated. And what works for one person isn't going to work for everyone. And I think if you find yourself in a place where you are uncomfortable, don't let other people's perceptions about what you should be doing influence you you know, be open to the tools that are available now that weren't available 10, 20, 30 years ago and find somebody who's willing to help you on your journey.
0: Yeah, and you might have caught Maggie there showing you one of her good habits, drinking lots of water during the day Mm -hmm. out of her cup. So that's a little tip, of course, that everybody shares with you guys. If you are interested in learning more listeners, um, we have a, a social community For those that are interested in learning more about semaglutide injections the miracle weight loss drugs that uh, are gaining so much popularity you can go to my website drjoshluke.com and learn more about that um, community uh, where you can once a week we jump on we talk about different things I'm probably going to ask Maggie and Erica at some point to join us in there just to share some of these Uh, Things because people have lots of questions that I didn't think to ask, but you can check that out at drjoshluke.com. You can join that community, there's lots of benefits. So I wanted to share that before we wrap up. It's just been a great couple of uh, interviews here. I wanted to ask Erica because Maggie already got to share, but Erica, what's one of your favorite healthy meals that, man, even if you eat a bunch of it at a meal, you're like, well, that was healthy. So I'm not worried about it.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, we are not big calorie counters. because I find that overwhelming and and stressful, yeah. uh, but I really like to stir fry veggies. And our big one is broccoli and Brussels sprouts. That's our favorite. And carrots,
3: um,
1: yeah, carrots, Brussels sprouts, and broccoli. And I just um, sauté them and steam them down in a little bit of beef broth. And we really like. I know this is gonna sound crazy, but we are big quinoa fans. Oh yeah, and That's so cool. just roast. Roasted or stir fried vegetables in quinoa, that's probably one of our go to's a couple Love times it.
0: a week. Love yeah. it, it's it good. stays good in Tupperware, too, for a meal <laughs> on the run. So, it does. It does. thank you guys so much. Uh, Maggie, I just want to say again, uh, you know, uh, for what it's worth from a stranger, I'm so proud of you on your journey and, and your strength as a young woman. As a girl dad, it's an awesome thing to see. Stay on that journey. You have not just your family, but a lot of people that are pulling for you. Um, just to just to be strong, not so much about your weight loss, but just to to take on this issue that can be so socially challenging. So congratulations to you and your family. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us.
2: Thank you.
1: Absolutely. I think our big goal here is just to to help in some of the judgments surrounding weight
0: Yeah. Yeah, whether you're big or small. Let's do let's 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 take it sixty extra seconds. We talked about body positivity. Yeah, it's great. You know, I have friends that are oversized plus I don't say models, but social media influencers that it's not it's not about being on one side or the other. It's about being comfortable in your own skin and supporting everybody on their journey. Supporting
1: each other in their journey of life, regardless of what it's about. Absolutely
0: and moving past the, the, the whole middle school stuff that, that we all yeah. have had to deal with. So thank you again for joining the show and good thank
1: luck you. to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you.
0: You've been listening to the o o o and Semaglutide Podcast. Dr. Josh Luke is a PhD, but not a medical doctor. And none of his comments or comments of his guests are intended to be medical advice. Make sure to like, follow, share, and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back soon with a new episode.